Courtside Connect, the Big Blue Nation's podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and now football because we're also a football school. I am your host, Matt Sack. Today, I am being joined by two very special guests. You've heard them both on this podcast before, uh, Diego and Mike. However, they're going to both reintroduce themselves because they have some very big announcements on what they are doing in their, um, I guess, Kentucky basketball or basketball in general lives now so Mike what do you got going for you yeah man so now I am um, I'm writing for busting brackets through um, through uh, fan-sided sorry through fan-sided I'm doing bracketology for them and I'm also um, kind of like a Kentucky basketball insider uh, just covering Kentucky basketball in general uh, whether it's recruiting uh, whether it's you know, through a certain story going on through throughout the year. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at all mic'd up underscore. And, yeah, Diego, if he sounds familiar to you, it's because he was actually under a different name. I believe it was Hangman Logos at the time. But he went through a little bit of rebrand. So what do you got going for you? Uh, yeah, um, basically a, a, a rebrand is uh, something that um, – you know, my, my girlfriend actually had the idea of, and I just went with it and it, it definitely has worked out for sure. Uh, re-grant, rebranded to uh, Rostin Graphics and uh, it's it's going good right now. I'm getting um, some pretty sweet reviews uh, lately. Five stars uh, on Facebook, right? Yeah, on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the moment. And um those, those are the social media sites that I plan to, uh, to stick with. I thought about going to TikTok maybe and trying to do something there, but that's a little too much. Um, but yeah, just been doing that. Just, uh, just sort of just getting my brand out there, uh, Ross and graphics and, uh, uh, yeah, just, just trying to do that to be honest with you. Yeah. So for sure, go check out Diego on his social medias. He's got a lot of his work on there. The easiest place you could find his work is go look at my podcast logo right now. He put that together a few months ago for me. I love it. I've been using it since. I don't have any plans to change it. So, yeah, that is Mike and Diego. We are going to get going. The first thing I want to talk about is Big Blue Madness, which was last Friday, and um, just some takeaways we had from it. So, first of all, me, the number one thing that stood out to me was our shooting. Like, I know the – the, what's it called the scrimmage that we had it was kind of a little lackadaisical like people weren't trying that hard but I, I think just watching them walk up and down the court and just pull up from like five feet from behind behind the line and absolutely just spray the ball like I feel like we were like 10 or 11 shots into the scrimmage before we even missed one and then you look at the three-point contest like CJ Frederick automatic Ty Ty Washington was automatic Davion Mintz, we know he's going to probably be one of the most consistent shooters on the team. Kellen Grady, he, I think he did all right in the three-point competition, but we know he's going to be there. Obviously, Dante Allen can shoot the ball as well. So that was the biggest thing that stood out to me was just uh, 
people from all over the court just spraying the ball. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Big Blue Madness, it's just kind of like, a, um, you know, a, a lot of guys are there just to have fun. Uh, you never really know what to expect to see. Most of the time it's just, a, you know, especially with the scrimmage, a bunch of guys out there um, just showing off, showing what they got, making some highlights. Um, not really trying, but goofing around. But, you know, if there was one takeaway to take away from it, I was going to say the shooting. Um, you know, it, it felt like every single time down the court, they they just wasn't missing, and they were shooting a ton of threes. And, like, even in the um, three-point shootout, C.J. Frederick kind of surprised me. You know, I knew he could shoot three and shoot him at a, a good percentage. I mean, he did it at Iowa. He did it at Iowa. He was, like, the best three-point shooter in the country. And um, I, I fully expected Tata Washington to win it. But, um, you know, 20 to 19, super close. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this team. I, I can't really reiterate it enough, just like how much, just like in the reports and stuff, like within practices, like how I'm kind of blown away just by the team's chemistry and everything so far. And like some certain players that I'm sure we're going to talk about in this podcast, just how much more accelerated they are in their, in their, um, development yeah I, I agree uh mike and also agree with you too matt um what sent out to me was the shooting of a variety of players um another thing that really uh stood out to me i would say is just the length of the team um one thing i think is going to be very important uh, with this team would be the defense i think uh calipari is really going to uh nail that in their head especially uh, a player like Damian Collins uh, and just seeing that guy just on the floor and seeing what he can possibly do. And then uh, just to even go back to uh, big blue pro day uh, whenever he, you know, did the jumping uh, measures and, you know, he pretty much, you know, hit the very top, if not went over it. Um, so that's one guy um, that really stood out to me just during the whole, I would say the whole week or so, uh, Big Blue Pro Day heading into Big Blue Madness. Uh, I think C.J. Frederick really stood out as well uh, during, during a, uh, the, the, the three-point uh, contest. Uh, he really looks really great, and uh, hopefully um, he will be back uh, on the floor soon and can get, get him out there because that's going to be really important as far as uh, our shooting game. He adds uh, something really special to it. Yeah, Outside of I want to, oh, sorry, sorry, Matt, but um, like outside of like shooting and everything, like the one, th I guess the biggest takeaway for me is not the biggest because shooting was the biggest, obviously, but another takeaway was just how much taller Jacob Toppin looked and like how lengthy he is. And, just, you know, we obviously knew he had bunnies because he's out here, you know, trying to compete with John Morant on social media. So like those dunks that he did, like, I don't even know what you call the dunks. Cause I'm, I'm not a professional in naming the dunk or whatever you want to call it, but he just made it look so easy and he made each one on, on his first attempt. So 
you know, I'm super excited. He mentioned uh, CJ Frederick. He looked healthy. Um, the, I, I really want CJ and Jacob to get as healthy as they can because, you know, each one of those at their at 100% is going to boost this team so much whenever um, March comes here. Yeah, I, and the thing with that is we're 12 guys deep. There's no reason that C.J. Frederick needs to play more minutes than he can right now. Same thing with Jacob Toppin. Um, 100%. We'll, we'll get into the lineups in a little bit and bring up Jacob Toppin's hype. But I was thinking the same thing. Like, can this guy be, like, our center? Like, he's he might be <laughs> the tallest guy on the team. Like, he seriously might be taller than Damian Collins. I think he is taller than Oscar Shubway, without a doubt. But – uh but yeah, and it's not for me, it's not only our shooting, but it was also like how we were getting our shots. Like, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but Mike was with me at Big Blue Madness. And before I think before we even did the three point contest or anything, we were running this drill. And I don't know if it was five on five or four on four. I think it was like four on four in the half court, but it would start and one guy would drive as hard as he could towards the basket and almost mm-hmm. force a double team. So then the other three guys on the wing are almost playing three on two. And then you would make a dish out to the one guy that was left open and then more guys would crash. And then that person drives and makes the next pass to the next guy. And they kept running that drill until they got a wide open three. And then I just, I remember I like turned to the left you I'm like, if that's what our offense looks like, like, oh my gosh, that, that was beautiful. That's what we were missing last year. We, the athleticism, we were seeing off the dribble, the speed we were seeing. And then not only that, but making wide open threes and the fact that everyone like almost couldn't even help off their guys but like they had to like because you, you can't leave a cj frederick open you can't leave a tie tie washington open in the corner because they're automatic but like guys had to because our guys were so fast off the dribble so if that's what our offense looks like i'm super excited to see it especially with the shooting we got i think we're going to be able to do uh, a lot of really interesting things so going a little bit more into our roster um we're seeing now a lot of different practice reports come out, whether they be leaks from Cal or other people on the staff or just people like within practice that are starting to stand out now. So I want to get to what you guys are hearing, uh, who you guys think might have a breakout uh, season that some people might be sleeping on. Um, I think that the guy that really just – you keep on hearing more and more of is Bryce Hopkins because like going into this year, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, we're 12 deep, but a lot of people thought, you know, he's probably the number 12 guy like just because he's so uh, he needed to lose a little bit of weight. Um, he did that. Um, and just being raw kind of um, not really knowing what to expect from the transition from high school to college. But, like, you, you continue to hear Coach O rave about him. You hear Coach Cal rave about him. You get these practice reports from Jack Pilgrim talking about how good he looks. And, man, I, I'm super excited because, like, he is so versatile because he can shoot the three. He can, um, he can drive the lane. If we can get him, like, he's got guard skills. He can dribble the ball. He can um, get to the hoop. I, I really think that he's going to be a Swiss Army knife for, for us. And um, if he is who, you know, who we're hearing that he is, oh, my gosh, look out. Because, you know, we're, we're going to make a, a, 
a nice little run. It's it's going to be a fun year. And I mean, I could I could name off five other guys, but you know, that would be the the one guy that stands out the most to me. Yeah, I especially what you said with him being like the projected 12th man almost just because he's like a freshman. Other guys are either higher ranked freshmen or just have more experience like Keon Brooks. Like when I started hearing some of this practice stuff, I'm kind of like, all right, is this just like, oh, yeah, Bryce Hopkins is good. Like just to keep Bryce Hopkins motivated and saying like he actually has a shot to get in the rotation and keep on practicing and not wanting to transfer, you know, sometimes like that leaks. But then we keep hearing more and more and more. And now we're starting to see him a little bit too. And like, he looks like he is in great shape too. And he he's, he's balling. So I, I think we really need to watch out for Bryce Hopkins. I never realized he could dunk as easy as he can. Oh my gosh. Like, he's got, he's got. Like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, someone that I would say uh, stands out to me. Um, you know, you guys touched on Bryce Hopkins and I've heard that as well, heard that as well. Uh, I actually would say uh, Ty Ty Washington. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, last night um, I watched a lot of, uh, a lot of their uh, interviews um, and uh, CJ Frederick said that Ty Ty Washington is one of the best players uh, that he has ever seen uh, before at his age. And uh, to me, that's very important, uh, especially coming into this season. Uh, you know, at first we were possibly looking at Nolan Hickman and we were thinking, oh, well, maybe he's going to be here two to three years. And then, you know, that situation happens with him. And then we end up uh, getting uh, Ty Ty Washington, which was a huge get. Um, so I think that's a guy from what I'm hearing and what I've even seen. Uh, that's a guy that is going to be really good uh, for Kentucky this year. And uh, is is definitely going to put a smile on Cal's face. Yeah, he's I, my he's my favorite player like by default so oh, far yeah. already. Like it's not even close. I don't think. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I I agree. Like I think I've heard Cal a few times say like, yeah, I expected him to be good, but like he's even better than I thought. You yeah. know, so I I kind of agree with you. I'm kind of surprised how much I'm hearing about him. So I I think that's a great sign overall. So coming up, we got Duke in like, what, 19 days now, 18 days now. Um, we talked about some of these players. Diego, you actually put out a pretty interesting tweet and put out a lineup I wasn't exactly expecting. So I'll have you start out. What do you, what do you think our starting lineup should be for game one? Yeah, I put out, I put out um, a very interesting starting lineup. And I, honestly, I've already made an update to it. But uh, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will tell the viewers the starting lineup. Um, basically, my starting lineup was Ty Ty Washington, Davion Mintz, C.J. Frederick, Kellen Grady, and then Oscar Shreveway. Uh, sorry if I uh, butchered his name. And the reason I had that in my mind is because I'm thinking, well, this team, four shooters on the floor and then have big Oscar down low, that would actually be very impressive. And then a couple people kept bringing up to me, well, what about rebounding? What about rebounding? And then I'm thinking, well, that's true. You know, rebounding is really important. So um, so the thing is, is that um, I have updated my starting lineup and um, Severe Willer at the point. I have um, Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, 
Keon Brooks, and then Oscar Shuiway. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting your four sh uh, shooter look. So even if that's not our starting lineup, I think that'd be interesting for Cal to throw out for maybe yeah. like a five minute stretch. Like if we get down early against like a smaller team, like maybe Arkansas or Alabama, try to get some three pointers or some speed to try to get our team going. I think that'd be a really interesting move. Mike, what, what would you put for our starting five to start the season out on? Um, so my starting five would be, who do I, what would my starting five be or what do I think the starting five will be? What, give us both. Okay. Um, my starting five would be, um, it would be Severe Wheeler. It would be Tata Washington, uh, Kellen Grady, Keon Brooks, and Oscar Sheway. That would, that would be my, my starting lineup. And, you know, Davion Mintz, six man off the bench. Um, you know, I really find it hard to believe that Davion came back to be a sixth man, but, you know, there, there are minutes there as a sixth man that he can contribute and impress. And, you know, that second lineup isn't going to be like such a significant drop off as the first lineup that we had either. So I, I really think that he can um, impress some scouts and, and stuff like that with the second lineup as well. But we're going to see him with the first lineup um, regardless because they're going to mi mix and match. Um, experiment in so many ways it's not funny but um, I think um, I think you know yesterday or something we got a like a um, uh, some sack scoop a little, um, little bit of sack scoop I, I, this is gonna be my favorite part of the episode I've been waiting to do this I tweeted out yesterday yeah. if you if you read my article you already know it <laughs> but I got I got a little tip from I won't I won't say who but someone definitely within the organization of what our starting lineup might look like. And uh, not sure when we'll see us, if it'll be right away. I think I think this is the lineup we're gonna see game one. It is Severe Wheeler at the point guard, Ty Ty Washington at the two, Kellen Grady at the three, Damian Collins, the surprise, playing the four, Oscar Shubway at the five, and the sixth man, the first person off the bench is going to be Bryce Hopkins, who we alluded to earlier. Not the 12th man off the bench, but he's moved his way all up in the rotation to the sixth man. So it is a little bit surprising. Um, I, I kind of expect Davion Mintz to be in there, too. I really expected Keon Brooks to be in there, too. But uh, my, my whole thing. Like, is, what? I, right, <laughs> right. Like, I, the, thing, the thing we know about Cal is he does not hesitate to throw his freshman in there, his high potential freshman. So if he thinks that Damian Collins is going to be starting come March, he's not going to wait for March and do the safer play earlier. He's going to throw who we think his best player in March is going to be. So um, I, I feel really good about this information. One, because um, if you take the top five guys, the starting five that I gave, and Severe Wheeler didn't practice in Big Blue Man or scrimmage in Big Blue Manus. So if you throw in the sixth man in Severe Wheeler spot, that was the blue team of the Big Blue Manus scrimmage. It was Ty Ty, Grady, uh, B Hop, and then Damian and Oscar all together on the blue team. And then Mintz and Keon, who are thinking maybe would start, they were with like Zan Payne and Dante Allen and Lance Ware, who we're pretty sure aren't going to start. So it almost looked like it was a starting lineup versus like a reserves type lineup. So at first I was kind of shocked, but the more and more I'm thinking about it and the more and more I'm hearing and seeing, I really think that's going to be our starting lineup come Duke. 
also because we have we're gonna be playing against Paulo Bancaro at the four at Duke. So we're gonna need a guy that's a full six ten, six eleven to match up against him. Yeah. I you know, I, I believe in Keon, um, but I don't think, you know, if my memory serves correctly, he's not the best defensive person at all. And his lateral quickness isn't, you know, that impressive. So, you know, a guy like Damian, um, who's so lengthy, so athletic, um, who can put, who's got a very impressive wingspan, um, get, get a hand in uh, Paulo's face, um, keep him disturbed. I really think that he probably is the only person that can, you know, guard Paulo Benchero to any kind of significance. Um, you know, Paulo is going to get his because, you know, he's a superstar. He's going to be a, a great NBA player. Um, but, you know, definitely Dame, uh, Damian. I find it very interesting that, um, you know, he's going to enter that starting lineup. But, you know, it, it you know, thinking about it, it does make sense. Oh, my, my initial reaction, um, uh, I would say maybe shocked a little bit um, because I uh, expected Keon to, you know, possibly be there. Um, but I, I think Damien, um, you know, serves that spot really well with his size and his length. Uh, and, and I've seen him on the high school level. Uh, the guy is a super blocker. Uh, so, um, I, I think he'll fit well. Yeah. I think, I think another thing is him and Shubway complement each other really well. Like Shubway is going to be that bruiser. That's going to fight down low and give you all your blocks where Collins could be the more athletic guy who's blocking shots out on the perimeter and rim running and getting lobs from over the backboard and stuff like that. So I, I, I'd like the lineup. I'm interested to see it. Like, like Mike said, I think earlier, like if something isn't working, like you could switch them out. You could so many different combinations you can do. So if something doesn't work the first four minutes of the game, next man up, we'll try something else. We got 12 guys and we get to play five at a time, which means we have hundreds of different combinations that we could play out there. So with there being 12 guys, however, we, and only being able to play five, we obviously know that more people are going to get more minutes than others as we know the Calipariism, it's not communism. Like, obviously, he's going to have his favorite guys, and guys are going to earn more playing time than others. So I'll, I'll turn it back to y'all. What, what do you think our rotations and minutes will be looking like across the board? Yeah, so, you know, obviously, we had a, um, a big splash in the, in the transfer portal this past year. And I don't think any of those guys came here thinking that, you know, they was going to be playing minimal minutes. However, um, just with how like stacked we are being 12 deep, having a bunch of different combinations that we can play. Um, I really think that, um, you know, a, a lot of guys are going to be shocked. Um, you know, they, they might not be happy and, you know, I, I hope that, uh, the chemistry uh, doesn't get shaken up or anything like that. But uh, let me just start from the top. Uh, you know, Severe Wheeler, uh, chosen to be SEC first team uh, preseason. Um, I, I think that he plays somewhere in the, um, the 20 to 25 minutes a game. Um, 
Tatai, I think that he plays kind of closer to 27, 28, maybe even closer to 30. Um, because he, you can't, you're not going to be able to keep him off the floor. He is our best player without a doubt with not even close. Um, Davion, man, I, I really hope that he doesn't get discouraged because, you know, this is a way more talented team than we had last year. He was obviously our best player and it took Calipari forever to insert him into the starting lineup, but we won't go there. But, you know, I, I really think that he might, he very easily could find him himself being a, a sixth or seventh man. Um, you know, our guards are so deep. Uh, you know, you, you got Kellen Grady right after him, another transfer, career 17 points a game every single year that he's played, all four years at Davidson, has already scored over 2,000 points. He's experienced. You know, I expect him kind of up there with Tata Washington, um, kind of, you know, 25 to 25, 26 minutes. Um, CJ Frederick, you know, the, the key thing with him is getting him healthy. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're not going to rush him back because we are deep. And, you know, they don't really have a reason to rush him back. If you can get him to 100%, he is an outstanding shooter. But not only that, he is an outstanding defender. And he doesn't turn over the ball. So, you know, that right there spells out a positive plus minus to anyone. So I, I think if there's a, like a sneaky Swiss army knife that may come to fruition for, for this Kentucky roster, it could be CJ Frederick and he could come out from, no, come from nowhere and, you know, shock a lot of people with how much playing time that he's actually getting. Um, Dante Allen, um, I hate to say this, um, and, you know, some of the people that listen to this podcast may not agree. And, you know, I respect your opinion. But I think that, you know, he's going to find himself at the bottom of the roster. We're, we're just so deep. He's an outstanding player. He's very talented, outstanding shooter, amazing individual. But I don't see the minutes for him. I, if you're if, if all of these guys. I, did, I didn't say how many minutes I thought C.J. Frederick will get. I think he'll, you know, whenever he starts playing, you know, he'll probably get like six to eight, something like that, kind of easy men. If Cal sees that he he's – the guys are just kind of clicking with him out there, you know, that could fluctuate uh, one way or another. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Dante Allen getting much playing time at all other than uh, trash time. You know, and, you know, early he may experience with him. Uh, and CJ Frederick may miss a few games. So he may get in a few games here and there due to foul trouble or something like that, or if it's just a blowout. Uh, Keon Brooks, um, you know, if he's not starting, he's going to be a sixth man, uh, which I fully, ex I fully expected him to be a starter prior to this, uh, the sack scoop. But, you know, I, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be the experienced leader for this team. Um, you know, he's been on the team for three years. He knows Cal system. He knows what to expect. He's been through trials and tribulations. Um, he's been, he, the first team he was on, you know, that team was struggling going into that Florida game at the end of the year. And then, you know, they came back from 20 points. And who led the way? No, none other than Keon Brooks. A lot of people forget that. He, um, Loki had a really um, impressive year last year. Um, it was just, such a bad year that it was hard to really say that anybody played good. Um, 
Damian Collins, you know, I, I expect him to play somewhere in the 20 to 23 minutes a game. <clears throat> Bryce Hopkins. Man, I don't know where all these minutes are going to – I really do not know where all these minutes are going to come from because everybody can't get 20 to 23 minutes. Obviously. But they, they, probably, they probably deserve it. Like, mm-hmm. like, they legitimately deserve it because they're outstanding players. Uh, Jacob Toppin, uh, you know, if he was healthy – I would not have been surprised if he was in a starting lineup or if he was a six man, just, you know, he's a, he's a such a versatile defender. Um, he's a little raw offensively, definitely. But, you know, if you play him beside the right player, you know, he could definitely be a, a, a positive guy to have in there. Um, Oscar Deshivwe, you know, Oscar Shibway, however you say his name, um, you know, he's, He's going to lead the way uh, at the five without a doubt. He's going to get uh, 27, 28 minutes. He's going to maybe into the 30. The uh, thing with range, him is just foul trouble. If he can stay out of the it, thing, especially with the SEC refs, I mean. Yeah, the, the thing with him is definitely foul trouble. SEC refs are garbage. Um, and Lance Ware, he's going to be the heart and soul of this team. Lance Ware is the best player on this team without – no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Lance Ware is um, – Lance Ware, he'll get a lot of um, – not a lot, but he'll get some uh, foul time minutes from Oscar. And that's really – barring something, you know, unforeseen, That that's really all the time that I see him getting. We may see Jacob at the five. We may see uh, Top in there at the five. Um, you know, we'll see. Should be fun. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players to experience with. So experiment with, not experience with, experiment with. So um, it should be a lot of fun. But, you know, I, I do think that there may end up being some damaged egos if they're not all bought in. If they are bought in, this will be a very, very, very special team because of how deep they are. I, I agree with that. And obviously – you can't play 12 guys, but I hope at least this year, the people who don't get minutes, it makes sense why they don't get minutes. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. last year, the frustration wasn't that Dante Allen wasn't playing what he might have should have been. It was that we were playing people who were putting out zero points on 13 shots in elimination games above him. I mean, that that's where the problem came in. Same thing with Mintz. Like, why is Mintz coming off our bench when our – freshman point guard can't get the ball past half court without a screen like and he yeah <laughs> and, and same thing with like like boston like obviously we we saw why he needed to start we know he should have been better than he was and under different circumstances in a different year i think boston would have been a lot better on our team but the fact that he was playing is struggling as much as he was and we wouldn't even give dante Allen a chance or saying things like he doesn't play defense when who on the hell? Who the hell on our team did? Or he he's uh right. he's not shooting. Like who who is on who is making shots on our team right now? So that's the biggest thing with me. If a guy like Allen or Mintz maybe doesn't get as many minutes or whoever as we might have originally thought, it I hope it just makes sense and the guys above them are playing well and earning the minutes and we're winning. Like that, that's the thing about bruised egos. Like if you're losing and not getting minutes, then what does that say about you? If your team is a top three team in the country and you're winning every game, 
then it kind of makes sense if you're not getting time you're like all right at least at least as a team we're succeeding and it might make sense why some of these guys are over me right now yeah uh, just, just to add to uh what what you guys were saying uh, i believe uh Toppin, if healthy uh will probably get more time than lance um i think uh 100% just a word just a word around town um, is that, uh, you know, Toppin is looking really good uh, in practice. And, you know, just like you, Mike said, I mean, this guy looks taller. Um, and I'm, I'm actually looking over the roster right now. Um, my uh, On the Cats pause book, um, of course. And it has Jacob listed at 6'9". But Oscar and Damian are also listed at 6'9". Uh, and, and as well as Lance. Uh, to me, Jacob looks taller than all three of those guys. By at least an inch. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's 6'10 or 6'11. <laughs> yeah. Write it down and take it to the bank. <laughs> yeah, has to be. So maybe they should change that or even update that, um, honestly. Uh, CJ Frederick, I think if healthy, I think he's going to get some big minutes um, as well, uh, especially down the stretch. I think what Kyle will probably do with CJ is he'll kind of do uh, sort of like he did with Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember this, but whenever Jared Vanderbilt was sort of injured, Kyle would mostly mostly uh, put him in during like the like the second half at times um, because even though Jared may have been injured, he was literally the best rebounder on that team. And whenever he came in, he did an excellent job at rebounding. So I think you'll see that with CJ. I think Kyle will um, ultimately integrate him into uh, some of the different lineups, try some different things out. He'll come in, hit some threes, get used to the, get a feel of the offense, things like that. So I think you'll see that. Uh, Severe, I think he's going to get some pretty big minutes, especially uh, during SEC season. Uh, I think he'll probably get around maybe 20 minutes per game, if not around 25. Ty uh, Ty, I would say around 25. Damian Collins around 18 to 20 a game. Uh, Davion Mintz uh, was literally our savior, savior uh, last year. And uh, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, as good as Davion is, he has a lot of guys in front of him. And, um, who knows? Uh, we may not be seeing that much cool mints this year, um, but I hope we do see him. I hope we do uh, see him out there because he's an excellent player, uh, very good uh, defensive player, uh, and, and can really get you easy buckets. Um, he's really good at that. Uh, Dante Allen, uh, just like Mike said, um, this guy may not get as many minutes, um, and and that's what's and that's the thing that I think. Um, a lot of fans are probably going to be upset about is Dante not getting as many minutes as they want, because that was a thing last year. Um, and I believe it could be a thing this year too, you know, since him being from, from Kentucky, he's the hometown hero. Uh, they want the fans want the best for him, of course, but they may be upset if he doesn't get as many minutes um, as they want him to. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Keon Brooks uh, last year uh, gave you around 10 and 7 uh, when he came back from injury. Uh, so he did pretty well, but, you know, 
Um, there are times where he may like lag on defense, um, but I do expect him to play some pretty big minutes this year, uh, around maybe around 18 to 23 minutes per game. Um, Bryce Hopkins is a guy um, from from the uh, the scoop sack. Uh, Bryce Hopkins may play uh, more minutes than usual, so maybe around 18 for him. Uh, Oscar Shuiwe, I think he's going to play some big minutes at the five, uh, probably around maybe 28 minutes per game. Uh, if he can, you know, uh, stay out of foul trouble, of course. <clears throat> I think Lance uh, will probably play around, I would say around maybe 13, around 13 minutes per game for Lance Ware. Uh, Kellen Grady, I think, will probably play the most out of everybody. Um, if I had yeah. to guess, um, I, I, and the reason I say Kellen Grady, I think Kellen Grady and not just him, Kellen Grady and Tata, I think will play the most out of everybody um, because the, the, they're very special in their in their essence because you can pretty much, you know, put them anywhere from the one to three spot and they can make magic happen. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. that's what I have to add to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you think- can. I'll go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just say the one thing that I think to start the season and what we'll look at long term are two different things. I just always remember Cal. Cal does not like to change his point guard out. He will change two and three guards a lot. I feel like when Cal finds his point guard, he likes to ride him. Like even we saw with Ashton Higgins, he would get in turnovers and Cal just wouldn't take him out or try. Tyrese Maxey or Manuel quickly at the point. He he rode Hagens like all season. So I I think we same thing with Askew. Like we saw Askew play 35 minutes a game undeservingly, even when he was struggling. So I think Oh my God, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I think <laughs> I got to start. I think he might try different things with maybe Mince at the one or Ty Ty at the one or even Grady at the one. But I think um, against Duke for sure, and then against some of these uh, bigger out of conference games, and definitely by SEC play, I think we're going to see Severe Wheeler maybe lead our team with 30 to 35 minutes a game. I think um, then you pick two of the other guards, whether it be Grady, Ty Ty, or Mintz, and I think they're both also going to be averaging 30 minutes a game. And then the fourth guard that doesn't make the cut, along with C.J. Frederick, I think they'll split the rest of the minutes as, like, shooters coming off the bench. And I, I don't know who that'll be yet. Like, I, th- I, I think Ty Ty and Grady are going to be the guys. Um, but obviously, you don't know. We know we know what Mintz is. Um, like, we know, we know at least what our floor is with Mintz. The other guys, we're not so sure because we just haven't seen them play SEC basketball. But I, I think we're gonna ride the hell out of Severe Wheeler at point guard, and um, yeah. yeah, I think everything else you guys missed or hit right on. Um, I think especially with as many guys in the backcourt and as fast as Cal wants to play too, um, we obviously see sometimes big struggle to get up and down the court. So I think he'll try. To, he'll probably move and keep his big man minutes kind of more even. So between. Oscar Shubwe and Keon and Bryce Hopkins and Damian Collins and maybe even Toppin or Lance where we're kind of seeing 18 to 20 minutes per guy where you play four minutes and then you might get four or five off or you'll go in for a few more minutes when the next guy gets tired and then you'll keep rotating and keep it going because as fast as we want to play as many possessions as we want 
it might be hard for a guy like Oscar Shubway or Damian Collins to get up and down the court with these guys like Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington pushing the ball. So I, I think our big guys, you're kind of right on. I feel like 18 to 20-ish minutes per guy between four or five different guys is about what we're going to look at. Yeah, so like um, – so with the minutes situation, like I feel like – they could very well fluctuate from game to game, just depending upon the matchup and, you know, the strength and weaknesses upon the other team. Um, You know, Calipari does like to stick to his bread and butter and he does like to stick to a certain rotation. Um, But, you know, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't mix it up and he stays with the sticks in his bread and butter. Like I just said, you know, just because of the past history, you know, he has his guys, um, and he doesn't really change the minutes based upon the, the matchup, um, but that's what I would do. But I've got two points on the fans that, um, you know, Diego was talking about. Uh, they, they might get upset. There are going to be fans that get upset that Dante Allen doesn't get as much playing time as they think that he deserves. But if we are winning, the vast majority of those fans – they're, they're not going to be chatting. They're not going to be chattering. They're not going to be bitching and complaining and, you know, all this, all this other stuff that we had last year, all the drama, the social media dramas that we had to deal with and we had to see and we had to put up with, you know, they're not going to be as vocal, but there are going to be those fans that are just pessimistic. And, you know, I, I kind of hit that on Twitter yesterday. You guys should be more optimistic. You should, you should just enjoy what we have going, especially if we're succeeding. Don't find something to complain about. Be happy. We're winning. We're putting W's up on the board. Just be happy. There's, there's no reason just because a guy grew up in Kentucky to complain. Like This, yeah, is, yeah. this could be a special year. Uh, Cal compared this team to um, the, the hero and PJ year that we had. Yeah. Although I, I feel like we're a little bit more deep than, than that season. And we have a whole lot more shooting than we did that season. We had Tyler Hero. But, you know, that was just – honestly, him and P.J. Washington were really the, the, the main three-point guys. Who was our sixth man that year? Uh, Put you on the spot. A little bit, EJ. Quickly, EJ yeah. Quickly kind of came off the bench. Yeah, so EJ and Quickly came off the bench. Quite uh, before he was transferred. Yeah. So, like, quick, quickly was nice to have, but freshman quickly and sophomore quickly were not the same players. Absolutely. So, um, and also, like, Tata and Grady, like, I, 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 I think that they are going to be – Diego said that, you know, with them, you can put them through the one, through the three. And I yeah. 100%, 100% agree with that. Grady can play the one. He can play make. He can find guys out, but he did it at Davidson. Tata, obviously, we know it. We recruited him to be the point guard. He was we, – we got him before we got Severe. And right. we just so happened to Severe fell in our lap. So, yeah, like, you know, with, with that combination right there between Tata and Grady, you got a combination of experience and a 2,000-point score, and you have a – what should have been a McDonald's All-American, what – this high-potential – uh, high volume shooter that can shoot that's going to shoot it between 40 and 45 percent he allows the game to come to him he's more mature than the average 18 year old kid and his 
attitude and his personality is just vibrant and it's and it's like contagious like you can see it we we saw it at the nil event that they had you know just firsthand we got to see him like interacting with each other um you know they fed off him they loved his energy and everything that he brought in you know as a freshman he is way more of a leader than i could have ever imagined like just just seeing them out there and how they all fed off of his energy you know he, he's not really the guy that's going to be the the raw raw guy that's you know getting somebody's hind in out there on the court he's not going to be that guy but he's going to lead by example he's going to lead by attitude and personality and that's all that you can ask for and yeah you you guys buckle up because those two are going to be really fun to watch in our backcourt yeah, I agree. And going going back to your original point, people are always going to be mad about something. And like we said, when you got 12 guys, someone's not going to play, which means someone's favorite player is not going to play. And we're, we're not saying Dante Allen's not going to get any minutes or he doesn't. He shouldn't. No. Like if he goes out there and he, he's balling like he did last year and shows a little more consistency and picks up on the defensive end, we're, like sure, play him. Like we're not saying don't play him, but just from – you look at guys like Ty Ty and the experience of Grady and Mintz and Wheeler and even CJ, it like, it's hard to see a way where he can consistently get minutes over these guys, unless one of them completely struggles, which I, I just don't see happening. Uh, yeah. Just, just a last thought. Um, a lot of fans were a little bit disappointed with, with the, the um, non-conference schedule. Um, the reason the non-conference schedule, I believe, was a little light this year as far as the amount of, uh, you know, better teams that we usually play um, is because the SEC conference has gotten a lot better. And I think fans are missing that or, or forgetting about that. So I would just like to just add that in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the AP poll, what did that five ranked teams to start? Five, yeah. And you yeah, can absolutely. you could make a case. Well, probably not anymore with Adam Miller out. But you can make a case for an LSU or a Mississippi State or like did Auburn even make it in? I think Auburn might have made it in. Auburn, yes, they made it in. Yeah, they made it in. But yeah, like teams like LSU or Mississippi State or Ole Miss, I think you can make a case for all of them to be in as well. So. Maybe, maybe that is what happened with Michigan being cut. But. Yeah, and, and even and even Vanderbilt, uh, you know, you can make a case for them with uh, with Scotty Pippen. Pippen Jr. coming back. Yeah, Vanderbilt is, is – it doesn't matter who they have on their team. They're always a very tough game for us. For some reason. <laughs> Ole Miss is a sleeper in the SEC. They've I got so many that. guys – they got so many guys coming back. Uh, they, they've got so much experience. I do not have them in my uh, my most up-to-date bracketology in the tournament. I probably should now. Um, I don't – I have LSU as, uh, I believe, like a nine seed right now, and that was before Adam Miller got hurt. So, you know, I, with my updated version, I, I may just switch. You know, I'm – Put, I'm not going to switch. I'm not going to put Ole Miss in the nine seed from not being in a tournament to a nine seed. But, you know, they might be one of the the last teams in. They might squeak their way in. And, you know, LSU right there on that fringe as like a first team out type thing. Yeah, I, I think Pinson, uh, you know, his usage is definitely going to go up. Darius Days is going to have a, 
a, a dang good year, but you know, they're definitely going to miss, um, they're definitely going to miss Adam Miller out there, but the SEC is loaded, man. They, I could see up to eight teams in the tournament this year from the SEC. Yeah. I'll, I'll one up you with Ole Miss. I, I think not only are they going to be like, uh, a tournament team like I, I think they might be a top 15 team top 10 team at some point I don't know if they'll finish there I think they're gonna do very well in their out-of-conference schedule I think they're gonna have a couple mm-hmm. of big SEC wins early I think they're gonna catch some people off guard at the end of the day I don't know if they have the talent to compete with like a Kentucky or an Auburn or a Tennessee Arkansas Alabama game in game out on the road especially too so I think they're just inevitably they are going to pick up some losses, which might drop them out of the top 25. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Misses are a five or six seed this year. Like I, I'm very high on them. I think this is going to be one of the best teams they've had in a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with uh, that, I think we're going to wrap it up. One last time, Mike, where can we find your work at? You can find my work at bustingbrackets.com. Uh, there's a link in my Twitter bio where you can find all my work. Uh, my Twitter handle is at all mic'd up underscore. And um, by the way, JJ Taylor is visiting Kentucky this weekend. The Chicago kid. Yeah. My number one player in the class of 2023 that I got craft for ranking over DJ Wagner, that kid. Yeah. Yeah. That kid, that guy. Got a little scoop beard to end out this segment. <laughs> no, I, my Twitter notification pops up. I can't take that credit. I can't take that credit. What about Diego? Where can we find your work? Where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me uh, online on social media at Rossing Graphics, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, also, uh, my website will be launching uh, November the 18th as well. Let's All right. go. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys all for listening so much. I appreciate every one of you, especially if you stuck with us all the way here. We had a lot of content for you. It's been a minute. So happy I got to be joined by both Mike and Diego today. Had a great time talking. Again, thank you all for listening and go Cats. Wow. Just need to clear my mind.